And welcome to the second ever episode of Utabia Podcast. I am your host, Raj Baines, and joining me, not in the flesh this time, unfortunately. I don't get to look at your face as we record this, Rory, but down the line from home, so committed are you to the podcast you've called in? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just uh, taking a day off, packing for Austria um, ahead of the weekend. You try uh, to rub that into me, the fact that I'll be in Huddersfield and you'll be in Austria. <laughs> absolutely, mate. You can get me uh, get me on the line next week as well. Yeah, well, this is a we can call this a test run for Austria because um, you'll be out there with the players and seeing all the matches and everything. Mm-hmm. So we'll still the podcast will still be coming thick and fast as planned, um, but the only difference will be I'll be getting wet through with rain, and you'll <laughs> be getting a tan. Well, uh, you say that, been... the, the weather forecast isn't that great for Austria either. So is it not? <laughs> uh, as long as you bring us some beers back, then we'll be all right, mate. Um. But we're not here to talk about booze, unfortunately. That's a that's the next examiner podcast we're launching, Rory and Raj's <laughs> night out. Um, but uh, for now, we'll talk about uh, Udinese. Uh, both went to the game last night. I paid for my ticket. You didn't. That's the difference between us two. Um, what were your, your thoughts from the game overall? I, I quite enjoyed the first half and the, the second half was a bit more dour. Is that the impression you got as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean... The first half was was really enjoyable. I thought Town played well. I thought Udinese sort of surprisingly came and started probably the quicker out of both the teams. Um, you know that they start their season a week after Town, so you'd think they might be a bit further behind in their preparation. But they look really sharp. Uh, but Town weathered the storm and obviously went ahead through Tom Ince getting his fourth goal in five preseason games. And yeah, I thought I thought it was expansive from both sides in the in the. First half, uh, I thought Town looked hit on the counter through Jonas Lossel trying to pick out the front men, uh, setting them away quickly and that kind of thing. And then second half, obviously, all the changes came and it was a completely different sort of setup and no team really got into the other team's uh, offen- uh, defensive third. Um, and, you know, it was, a, it was a great free kick, which eventually brought Udinese their, their winner. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a shame, I mean, that... Wagner didn't try at least one half with something close to what he'd imagined would be his first choice 11 and then maybe a bit of a change. But it makes sense that he's trying to mix and match and see who works well with each other and who'll fit him where. Um, because sort of if we'd have had Hogg and maybe, you know, 20 minutes or more from the start or something in mm-hmm. the first half, Udinese were a good level of opposition and, and certainly I think they'll have got a good level of match sharpness in playing them. But I think Town could have done better as far as the scoreline goes. I mean, it's obvious, it's sort of a redundant thing to say because scorelines mean absolutely nothing in pre-season. Um, because it's, I think Wagner came out and said it himself that it's it's purely about sort of getting tactical Fitness, identity, yeah. bedding in new players, and making sure they're all fit. But you know, just because I had paid a tenner, I maybe did want to see Town win. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think everyone wanted to see Town when you know it's their only preseason game at home. Um, I, but you know, David Wagner has said, like like you said, you know, he, he said he, he's just going to try and bed in his philosophy. He's going to try and get everyone up to match fitness. Um, and I think there's something to be said about you know not not sort of bowing to the pressure of putting your what you know you'd consider your first team out. Um, and even before he said that he doesn't really have that clear an idea of his first team yet. And I think that's what we'll start to see in Austria taking shape against Stuttgart and Torino. Um, yeah, certainly with um, 
with more players coming back and with Stuttgart and Torino are two good teams to be playing mm-hmm. as well. They're of a of a good standard just like Udinese were. Um so there'll be there'll be workouts that perhaps we might get more of a hint on the combinations he's thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, with, with players coming back, like you said, with Aaron Moy and, and uh, Michael Heffler coming back, Tommy Smith obviously back in full training now as well. Um, I think we'll start to, I, I don't know, I don't think Smith will play full games, obviously, because he's just come back, but I think yeah. we'll start to he'll see. He'll probably do similar with what he's done with Palmer in that he'll he'll have the odd cameo to start with yeah. and have planned substitutions and then play longer in other matches than other players are just to make sure he's getting minutes under his belt. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing to say about Tommy Smith as well, that he is the only player in in that position, apart from Martin Craney, who we think is going to be used as more of a utility defender this season. So, Yeah, but he came on for 45 minutes yesterday and still managed to play two different positions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's that's what we'll see this season. And that's why they've got Cavare uh, on trial, because there is no one else in the right-back position, you know, who's, who's really pushing Tommy Smith for a starting berth. So I think I think we'll see what what we think will be the starting 11 uh, definitely against Torino in the second game in Austria um, minus probably Tommy Smith. We'll, um, we'll come on to Cavari in a moment. Um, but if we start with what we both thought were sort of overriding positives in Tom Ince and Phil Billing from the first mm-hmm. half, especially um, Tom Ince's goal was fantastic. His first touch was really what opened up the defense for him. Um, it's quite a heavy ball into him, but he, took a defender out with just the way he moved his body um, and sort of the way he faints on the ball and runs directly is is quite fresh. I mean, it's it'd be fair to say that the reason Town haven't gone for Izzy Brown, the reason he's been he's gone to Brighton rather than Town forking out whatever Chelsea wanted for him is that Ince will sort of occupy that position in the squad now. And if he's as deadly as he's been in pre-season once the season rolls around... Um, He's on for a fantastic year. Yeah, definitely. I thought I thought yesterday he was excellent uh, in the first half, um, and you know, like like you said, that that little feint which opened up the space for him to shoot, it kind of shows that he doesn't have to be on the left or the right, and you know, he, he can. Well, all three of the the players in that position can take up either position in that sort of forward three of midfield. Um, yeah, we mentioned this on the last podcast, and I think having said it in theory and then to see it in practice made me quite sort of positive about the way Town will go attacking. Because, you know, that first half was without sort of Town's main creative player, which is Aaron Moy. So if they're making openings and still threatening a decent defence without Moy on the field, then sort of what happens when everything comes together is, you know, we should be better. Yeah, definitely. I'd also just throw in there that we didn't start with Aaron Moy, but Phil Billing played out of his skin in the first half, I thought. I thought he was excellent. I thought his range of passing was good. You know, he's going long, but then also not not overdoing it. Um, and also the the you know Aaron Moy sets the tempo for Huddersfield Town most of the time, and that's what Phil Billing got right yesterday. Uh, he, he changed attack from defence pretty quickly at times, but then knew when to slow it down. Um, and I thought you know it was a really really strong performance from him yesterday. I think he's clearly quite. Um motivated this season as well to show what he's made of because there have been one or two that have uh, questioned his um, desire and Mm. his want to perform and sort of um, his attitude which is something that's sort of been spoken about for quite a while but I don't think anybody's ever doubted his talent and if his head's screwed on as I think it always has been to be quite honest with you because I've never really 
question that myself, um, then he, he could really force his way into the team. And if he does, then, you know, it might be a change of formation that has to be looked at to accommodate him in with Hogg and Moy and possibly Williams. Um, because that's, you know, especially with him, the £10 million offer that we mentioned last time, if if he's not getting minutes, then he will look to move more than he will have done before. So perhaps he, he will need to play a bit more just to sort of make sure he knows that he's he's valued accordingly. I even enjoyed his, his little scuffle, his little fight 10 minutes in was yeah. quite nice to see. Well, uh, well I, think I think that's it, what, that's what, you know, it shows a bit of fire. Yeah, uh, that's what people have questioned his desire. But you know, yesterday it's a preseason game, but he's getting into it. He wants to, I, I imagine, he wants to prove himself to David Wagner to give himself the best shot of being a starter for town this season. And that it was sort a of bit of a cheap exchange. tackle as well, especially in a friendly, because mm. he he'd done the guy for pace. He'd shot of shown him one way, clipped back in the other, and had his legs taken out from behind him. Yeah, and I think the man must have said something as well to him because the way he reacted was sort of. He went over and gave him a couple of shoves and grabbed his shirt. I'm not sure that's the the smartest way to be conducting yourself in the Premier League where they give out red cards like it's Christmas. Yeah. Um, but um, for a pre-season friendly to sort of show you, you, you're interested in that you're sort of wanting to, to prove yourself, as you say, uh, I think that was quite a promising sign. Yeah, I completely agree. That, that fire is something that you can't teach players it's something that's sort of within them it's innate and and I, I personally I like your players to show a bit of that obviously you need to you need to box smart and you can't just you know go around pushing people in the Premier League but I like to see a bit of passion and a bit of desire and a bit of willingness to try and push yourself into that first team lineup yeah of course I mean town are, f- are not a, a rough side by any means they're not a dirty team um but they have a backbone about them and I think that's that's needed it was, it was good to see that in the aftermath of that, you can tell a lot about a squad and um, players, especially in when something like that happens, sort of how they deal with it. And the town players were quick to rush over, quick to, you know, have the back of their own man. Danny Williams broke it up really quickly, mm. uh, got himself stuck in, in the middle of it. And that sort of was indicative of his entire performance. It, it, I think it showed a lot. We alluded to it last time, but the fact that, Billing and Williams played together and we spoke about them as deputies for Mayan Hogg sort of shows that that's how Wagner views them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they worked really well together. Williams, as we say, was a little quicker and a little bit more expansive with what he did with the ball than Johnny Hogg usually is. But that was, he still did his defensive role really well. I mean, I sat in the very back row of the top tier um, rather than where I usually sit, which is quite forwards in the Kilner Bank. So I had a sort of almost a bird's eye view of the game, mm-hmm. which um, was a bit strange because I felt like an away fan in a home ground because it was such a, a, a different viewpoint from where I usually am. <laughs> Getting your binoculars uh, out at Newcastle. Well, it was really strange. I mean, um, you can hear the air conditioning and you can smell the food being cooked behind you because all the vents and everything are there. And um, it was just, you know, a really odd experience, but I quite enjoyed it. It's one of the few stands I've not sat in previously at, mm. uh, at the stadium. Um, but yeah, I got a bird's eye view of the of the game and something that they were already doing and, and doing well was Schindler and Zanka would split um, yeah. and each would go to either side and Williams would just sit in between them. So they'd effectively be playing 3-5-2 with the ball 
Um, and then obviously once they'd lost it, the full-backs had dropped back into position and fall in line yeah. and Williams had pressed forward. But it's good that sort of within a few games, they've already got their combinations down and tactically, Wagner's already clearly told them how he wants them to be structured when with the ball and what to do. And there was some worry, I think, that you know Williams might be too over-expressive and, and fall out of line. But on the evidence of last night, he stuck to task and you know did the simple things first and then anything else he does on top of that is a bonus yeah absolutely I'd also add to that you know you say that they're playing the three at the back it's almost like you're playing with four because I, I was so impressed with Jonas Lossel's distribution yesterday it's a little Cruyff he, turn on the six yard box game yeah the, exactly uh, flutter, though. he looks so confident with his feet it's it's almost <laughs> you know I hasten to make the the comparison but it's like when Pep Guardiola brought in Claudio, Claudio Bravo last season because he can play with his feet. It's almost like that, but, you know, Lossell made a few saves yesterday to add to that as well. Yeah, not a sieve like Bravo <laughs> was when he arrived. Um, but yeah, if we talk about Lossell for a moment, he was, um, we we touched on the fact that there were these contrasting reports coming out of Germany and there was a little bit of worry from fans and, you know, from us, to be quite honest with mm you know, what our colleagues were saying that, you know, Bundesliga experts had said about him, sort of effectively called him the dodgiest goalkeeper in Germany last season. Um, and, you know, that's not putting too fine a point on it. That's essentially what they were saying. Um, but he, he looked strong. He, 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 he couldn't have done anything about either goal. The second one was a fantastic free kick, hit the post, and then a one-on-one that just mm-hmm. needed putting in the corner. Didn't really have too much time to react. Um, and the first one was a really hard deflection that whipped it the wrong way and in the opposite corner. So yeah. um, other than that, he, he conducted himself really well. His distribution, as you say, was fantastic. His, the speed of which he noticed a pass and then would just make it was far better than... Uh, it has been previously. I mean, there's not a lot bad you can say about Danny Ward, but distribution was one area in which he did take perhaps a bit too much time over. It was something, obviously, with a young keeper that will come into his game with time. But Lossell was definitely looking far more proactive in that area than than we've had recently, uh, which is good, especially with a, a team that looked to counter-attack as much as Town do. Yeah, I think, you know, and that's something that they're going to have to work on in pre-season because the Premier League, they're going to be under pressure quite a lot of the time. So if they can set, if if Lossell can get the ball and, and Mooney and, and Tom Ince and Kachungro Van La Parra can get down the other end quickly and stretch opposition, even if they don't get a goal but they win a corner or something like that and you, you have the opportunity to bring your centre-backs up, I think that's only a good thing for town and it gives them an extra string to their bow next season. If we talk about uh, Mooney, because uh, you just mentioned him then, um, he's he didn't have a lot of chances to score. There wasn't anything really clear cut for him, but he worked really hard. He was pressing and cutting down passing lanes, and sort of that area of his game seemed to be really coming on. Um, but it was it was a shame that he didn't have anyone around him who could, you know, pick out the pass he needed to get him in one of the channels he was running. Yeah, I thought, as you said, he looked he looked impressive yesterday, but I think it was quite a frustrating game for him because he was isolated quite a lot of the time. Uh, when he did manage to get the ball, there was one point yesterday where he managed to get the ball, beat a couple of men, shrugged them off, and then laid it off to Cavare, I think, but just over hit the pass. Um, yeah. And it, I think it was just one of those days for him. It, there was no clear-cut opportunities. Um, I mean, for Town, really, the only the only 
massive chance they had, apart from maybe Van der Parra having a shot in the first half, was was the goal. Um, so I think as a striker, especially in the Premier League, you're going to have those days. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that if he gets a game against uh, VFB Stuttgart next next week. You're being fun to it from then. Yeah, yeah, mate. Just showing um, off well, to the listeners. Apart, you know, just differentiating from Stuttgart kickers. <laughs> and that team that everyone's fully aware of. Um, <laughs> Big derby, that, mate. Yeah. Uh, Scott Malone, the, he didn't look fully fit to me. Um, I actually started counting after a couple of passes, and I'm fairly sure he didn't make an, inter- uh, an accurate pass the entire half he was on. Um, which obviously I'm not going to tire him with a brush just because of one slightly questionable performance in pre-season. But given he had the, was it a glute strain or something he yeah. picked up? Um, there was only one or two times he really sort of let his legs widen and properly get into fifth gear. Other than that, he did seem to be holding himself back a bit, um, which hopefully he gets over in Austria a bit more time to get back fit and, and sort of test himself a bit more. But there was a... A clear improvement down the left flank, I thought, once Lowe had come on, because uh, he was clearly the fitter of the two, and he's obviously more comfortable in the team, having been there a year already. Yeah, I think you know, a man coming back from injury, you can't really read too much into that. I think. No, no, no. As I say, I don't want to. I don't want to cast him off or anything. But yeah. it, it was notable, noticeable that sort of he was he was looking a bit more um, tentative than than yeah. Lowe had. I think as well, he looked different to how he looked against town last season when, when Fulham came to the John Smith Stadium because there he was overlapping all the time. He was getting down to the byline, cutting it back, finding himself in the box a few times. I don't think it was the, the type of game you could have done that yesterday. Um, but as he said, he was he was playing much more withdrawn. He didn't really get ahead of Van Lepara that that much. I also think maybe because he was behind Van Lepara, you know, Van der Parra is always going to be the most the most advanced player on that left hand side, so maybe he did have to sort of pull himself back a little bit as well. But you know, I think we saw more defensive part of his game yesterday. And to be honest, I think most of the most of the attacks for Udinese came down the, their left hand side, so maybe yeah. we didn't see that much of him as well because of that yesterday. Um, but yeah, we, I think we both fully expect him to play a pretty major role this season as as second to to Chris Lover and even maybe getting ahead of him some games. The other fullback, Cavare, um, he seems to be a Marmite player because depending on, on who you speak to, he's either a really good talent that Town have to snap up as soon as possible or he's absolutely useless. Um, the truth probably lies somewhere in between. His performance against Barnsley was a, a standout. Um, and people were really impressed with the way he was getting up and down and conducting himself on the ball, and defensively he looked quite sound. But yesterday he he really struggled, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he had the greatest game in, in sort of any respect. He, he didn't really get forward at all. There weren't any opportunities for him to cross. He didn't make any overlapping opportunities too often. Um, and defensively, there were a few times where he sort of painted himself into a corner there. The first goal, for example, was entirely yeah. his fault. I mean, it's a meaningless goal. It's pre-season. That, that's, if there's a time to make mistakes, that's when it is. Um, but if he, there's a time he, not to make mistakes, though, it's when you're on trial at a Premier League club. Yeah, that's a, very true too. Um, but, you know, if, if he was playing himself into a contract against Barnes, he may well have played himself out of one um, last night. Yeah, well, 
I don't know. I think you've got to take into account that he's he's 22. He's he's playing as he's on trial and he's at home at the stadium in front of 10,000 fans. You know, it's it's a tough situation to find yourself in. I thought yeah. yesterday, you know, it, I thought he was at fault for the first goal. There's no getting around that. Um, I thought he did get forward a couple of times, but you know, his his final touch was was either too firm or couldn't get around his man and that kind of thing. But yeah, you know, there, was, think... there was one or two times he tried to do a run around on a player just when there wasn't enough room. Yeah. And I think that that they came after he'd made a mistake and I think that played on his mind for a little while. Because um, I think, you know, you're right to bring up his age because he's more susceptible to nerves and mm. sort of that sort of thing to get in his head just because he hasn't been about enough. Um, and uh, he's uh, coming back from injury himself, isn't he? He, he had sort of a, a long-term injury at Wren, which is why he, he didn't play as much there as he'd wanted to. Yeah, I'd also say he's he he's not trying to knock it around a man. You know, he's he's not he doesn't he's not built like the quickest sort of man in the world. He's he's a bit no, of a tank, he's, isn't he? So he's bottom heavy to the extreme. I mean, his thighs look wider than sort of most people's torsos, um, and it's really funny to see sort of this quite petite upper half on this bodybuilder's lower half. It's um, really strange build. I mean, it it. it Reminds me slightly of how Danny Rose used to be when he was younger, but he's trimmed down a bit now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a strange one, isn't it? Because I can see, I can see the clubs thinking if they do give him a contract because he had one excellent game. You know, he's 22. David Wagner's got this reputation of bringing on players, and I think you know he could he could get turned into into a player that could play quite a few games for Town. But whether that'll be next season in their first season in the Premier League I yeah. doubt that very much so if you if you do take a punt on him it's likely that he's going to need maybe a year or two bedding in and then you have to go back into the transfer market and get another right back for next season so <laughs> I think I th- it's a hard one it's a toss up for town I personally think they could probably get someone else in maybe from the championship who who has more more experience in English football they might cost a bit more but in the long run or even in the short term, is he going to play next season? I think someone who knows the English game is probably more likely to have a positive impact. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been all these links with the Ayrton, but I think the area in which I take most comfort in is that the person who gets to say yay or nay is David Wagner. And mm-hmm. given that he's rarely put a foot wrong, if ever, in the transfer market, um, I'll helpfully, you know, happily, sorry, um, go along with whatever he decides because yeah, there's, there's no really questioning his um, his decision making so far given what he's achieved at the club I think the only one that we can put down to a failed Wagner signing maybe was it Perejevic last year who sort yeah. of came and went without ever really making an impression I think the club's, played... the, the club's stance on that was though that he's you know he was sort of they bought him for peanuts if it came off you know great if not you know, I don't think they lost too much money on it, and also, you know, they sold him back to his former club. So, you could say that was a that was sort of an error of judgment, or you could say, you know, that they took a punt on it. It didn't pay off, but it didn't cost them anything either. There's no real arguments with that. It's not as if he's signed Moussa Soko for thirty million or anything silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we talk about two of the returning players, Moy and Heffaly, for a little bit. Um, that's sort of when the crowd was most animated when they warmed up I mean there's a lovely picture of Aaron Moy with a big grin on his face as soon as his song was being sung and um, Heffel is always 
you know, good value. Um, yep. He seemed to be playing up to it and everything. Um, but it's good to see them back, especially sort of Hef with his uh, slight injury worries and um, Moy after having an extended break. That's sort of the squad back all together now and it's it's good knowing that everyone is, is together and ready to go to Austria and there's no real long-term injury concerns at present. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was only... Apart three... from Stankovic, obviously. Yeah, well, there's only there's only three players missing yesterday, wasn't there? In in Smith, Stankovic, and Naki Wells, but yeah, you know, all, all supposedly injured. But we're not sure about you know Naki Wells supposed to have an ankle injury, but there's been a lot of rumours about him as well. Um, but no, it's it's great to get the team all back together, and it's it's good to see them all on the pitch, bar bar Tommy Smith and uh, Stankovic and Wells. Um, and it, I think, to get the players back that they have as well, Moy and Heffler particularly. They had played such a crucial role last season that seeing them on the pitch again is not going not only going to lift the players, it's also going to lift the fans, and you know it builds excitement for the season. And I think that's that's what Town did well last season. The excitement built in pre-season. They won a few games at start of the season, and you know you go from then onwards and upwards to to where they got last season. So hopefully, if they can keep that going this season, maybe win two of their opening five games or something like that. You know, there's there's this ex, this excitement still going to build, and you know anything's possible next season in the Premier League. Yeah, of course it is. Um, I mean, you're talking about building excitement. The, the club tweeted out this morning a picture of uh, EA down at the canal side doing facial scans of all the players. So there's confirmation for anyone who was wondering about whether or not their faces are going to be in uh, next edition of FIFA or not. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for Colin Kwana to be on the on the front, mate. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> there's somebody who uh, quite um, nastily tweeted back to the club saying that EA might have to put in for a few more scanners when Kwana comes across with his slightly larger than usual head, <laughs> which is uh, not the most flattering to, thing to say about someone. Um, not to maybe we should record a podcast next season and. Uh, play a game of FIFA town against town and try and record a podcast while we play it that's a good idea maybe we should do uh, a bit of a FIFA game before each game in the Premier League season and the people uh, people get annoyed about that I, I especially get annoyed about that you see a lot of people who run like a football manager simulator and say that yeah. that's what's going to happen and uh, we're not quite there yet. I mean, we're almost in football manager type terms with transfer fees and everything, but <laughs> until somebody's got on the pitch and kicked a ball about, I'm not going along with what you've predicted. <laughs> um, I'll happily beat you on FIFA though, Rory. We'll, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> we'll make talk, sure that that's... that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> we'll put some money down on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all, all for that. Um, Tommy Smith back in training. We've we've already mentioned yep. him a couple of times, but uh, he was back out last night. Did the draw, uh, which I didn't win, unfortunately. Uh, but he sort of he, he looks fit. He seems to be happy to be back in full training. Um, you'd imagine he gets some minutes under his belt um, when they're back out in in uh, in Austria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know he's a great one to have back. He's standing captain last season. I wouldn't be surprised to see him as 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 the captain this season. Uh, again, the armband didn't look out of place on Christopher Schindler's arm, though, did it? No, I mean the thing with Town, like we said last podcast, is that David Wagner and Dean Hoyle they've, they've recruited smartly in that they've got captains from their previous clubs or or players that you can see playing that sort of captaincy role. They've got leaders everywhere on the pitch, so Tommy Smith yeah. could easily give, be given the armband. Christopher Schindler, Zank has been captain of, of Copenhagen. 
uh, Chris Lerva was captain of uh, Kaiserslautern. So even um, just along the back four, you've got four captains. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know... You've still got Mark Hudson in the squad as well, who's club yeah, captain. So absolutely. Dean Whitehead, Dean as, well, Whitehead as well. I mean, Dean Whitehead's performance last night at centre-back was outstanding. I, I genuinely don't think he put a foot wrong. Um, and sort of with his added distribution and, you know, he's not the quickest player, but, he, you know, to use an old cliche, he's 10 yards ahead of everyone else in his head. He knew where players were going. He nicked it off him. He's not one to shirk a tackle. Um, yeah. And I've really enjoyed him sort of seeing him in that position because I've never seen him play centre-back before. Um, but if that sort of, if he was just fitting in there while there was a couple of centre-backs out because Hudson didn't get any minutes and, you know, Stankovic is injured as we say, if that's somewhere he's going to play, then, you know, all power to him because on the basis of that performance, he doesn't look as if he's a square peg in a round hole at all. No, absolutely. I don't think he had too much to do, but everything he did do was was excellent. And I remember him getting out to the right-hand side sharply to to stop a few attacks in the second half. And I thought, you know, it, it shows that he's still got some, some life in the legs yet. And Town were right to give him that contract, not only because of his Premier League experience, but because he still has something to offer the club on the pitch. Yeah, uh, especially especially with all these these young players here as well. Are, yeah. You, in the in the cup cup games, say town get or maybe in the FA Cup or something like that, starts in January. Seeing maybe Stankovic coming back alongside Whitehead in, in the centre of defence, give your other players a rest. I could I'd happily see that happening. Um my my mate that I go with um took quite a great deal of pleasure um mentioning every midfielder that has left town in the past few seasons, citing higher ambitions in the club and then mentioning that Dino's back in the big time and they're not. Um you know, the likes of sort of Clayton, Norwood, um, Cody. Butterfield. You know, the list goes on. Yeah, Butterfield. Um and they'll all be in the... Uh, I think Oliver Norwood actually got promoted with Brighton and then got loaned back out to Fulham, didn't he, the other day? <laughs> so even when he gets into the Premier League, he won't be there. So I think there's a few town fans with uh, wry smiles at the expense of players who sort of turn their back on town at the wrong time. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's some of the beauty of what the, the club have achieved is that they've not achieved it with any players who are just there simply because they're a success. The, the players that are there are what have made it a success. Yeah, it's, as David Wagner always says, it's the Terrier identity, isn't it? It's someone that's willing, you know, they pull on the shirt because they have a pride and, and they like going out in the blue and white stripes of Huddersfield Town. And I think there's, that's not something you can put a price tag on. You can't buy players that with desire. You buy players who, and I guess, I guess that's the beauty of having David Wagner in that every player that he signed in their first interview, obviously, there are certain cliches that players say in their first interviews at the club saying, oh, you know, when was the first time you heard about the club's interest and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But every player says that they, they had a sit down with the manager. He explained his philosophy and they were interested in that. And, and they saw what could be done with the club under David Wagner. And I think that's why you see now the club with all these players who just seem to want to play for the club and, and want the club to do well, not only for their own careers, but because they buy into that philosophy, they buy into the community aspect of the club. Uh, I think that all stems from David Wagner and, and ultimately Dean Hoyle as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, if we just one last mention of Udinese, um, they were diving a lot, um, yeah. not just diving, they were making a, a real meal of it. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, because there weren't as many people in the stadium, you could... Um, <laughs> lasagna, did you just say? <laughs> that was probably the biggest cheer of the night is when uh, Kevin Lasagna scored. Um, someone in the office said to me today, um, does he have lasagna on the back of his shirt or down the front? Uh, which uh, made me laugh. Uh, but... Um, no, what was it? You've distracted me now with chat of lasagna. Uh, no, the the diving and the sort of the, the screaming and the amount of times town had to put the ball out of uh, out of play because somebody was down clutching something and back up and sprinting the next minute. That was a bit untoward. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's that's Italian football for you, isn't it? To be fair, it's European football for you. That's that's the difference between the English leagues and everything else. And I think what one thing you could tell yesterday because. Obviously, the, the the stadium's getting some work, and there's only a certain number of tickets available. Was that because it was quieter? You heard the screams of them going down and that kind of thing. And it, when you hear that, it's almost as if you know someone's been shot. There's a, you know there's a sniper <laughs> in in the kiln, the bank, or whatever. It's it's just you know it's, hidden it behind the scaffolding. Yeah, exactly. In the new in the new TV gantry somewhere, but. No, it was it was ridiculous yesterday, and and it that scaffolding, you know, not, by the way, is it, directly over my seat. So if I find sort of nuts and bolts randomly <laughs> in my feet next season, I shan't be too amused. I think that's going to be Sky's pole position. Your seat, mate. You're going to have to change it. <laughs> There's going to be a cameraman sat ten rows back shouting at the linesman. Um, yeah. Second half, I thought the standouts were Kachunga and Depotra. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the Potter. I mean, we mentioned his his bricklayer nickname last time, um, and affectionately, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a bricky, that lad can move. Yeah, I mean, he's maybe put a full shift in with the scaffolding, helping build the TV gantry. But once he gets a shift on, he's he's absolutely fantastic. I mean, his first touch was really good. His his ability to find space and sort of get himself into attacking positions really nice to see. There's one specific break as well where he was maybe 10, 20 yards behind on the player because he was helping defend. Somebody broke down the right and he, he got on his bike and he was the first one in the box looking to receive the ball. And the same with his one chance with the header he got that he just didn't manage to get back across the goal enough. It was an ch- opportunity that he really started and... You know, there was the ambition there and the speed and the athleticism to get back in the box. So there was perhaps, having just seen him, you know, his physique to write him off as being one-dimensional and, and sort of say he was only able to do one thing. But yeah. on the basis of having seen him play, he's, he, there's really more to him than many give him credit to. I'm not saying he's going to be the top scorer in the Premier League, but he... he it makes more sense as to why Town have signed him now, having seen him then just from reports from Portugal and, and looking at his picture and maybe guessing what his waistline is. Yeah, absolutely. I thought maybe maybe last week we were a bit harsh on him when we said, you know, he's going to be second fiddle. I think Steve Mooney, is, he's proven so far that he's going to be the main striker. But I think yeah. maybe there's more to De Potra than we thought he, he would offer. You know, last last week I think I said... You know, he's someone that you stick on for the last fifteen minutes. I think he's gonna he's gonna play a bigger role than that. I think, judging by yesterday, he's that sort of player who puts in the groundwork, but also gives them the extra option as well. So, it's the, the way he held up the ball yesterday. I thought was really impressive. The way he held it up, gave it, and then looked for the next ball and looked at maybe not run down the middle where you know you want him in the box, but he was running the channels well as well for a big man. Yeah, so I think. He does have a lot to offer town and, and, and you can see for three for three point five million, 
there was one moment where he went in for a 50-50 and won the ball cleanly, but the guy ran into his arm. There was a free kick given for no apparent reason, mm-hmm. but it was just fantastic to see that his size does come into use as well. Yeah, people just bounce off him, don't they? Literally bounced off him. <laughs> no, I thought I thought he was excellent yesterday, and I thought I think he's he's proven he's proven that he's got more to offer Town than just being a lump up front. I think he's he's got a bit of bit of class and a bit of skill around him as well, and hopefully he can get a goal in Austria and build his confidence a little bit. Yeah, um, with Kachunga as well, he's just he he doesn't look like he's been away. He just he wins the ball, he runs the wing, he cuts inside. He played ten for a little while yesterday as well. Once Jonathan Hogg had gone off, um, and he looked comfortable there. He he is one of Town's best attacking players, and I think he will be one of the more ready suited for the Premier League already as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he's one of those players who's just judging by his social media posts, throughout the summer he's been trading anyway, even in the off season he's been putting the work in. And you can tell he's he's just he's a player that never seems to tire. And I think that yeah. showed last season and it showed the way he's hitting the ground running this year. Uh I think it'll be interesting to see where he'll play this year, whether he'll still be out on the wing, whether you know, he might play a number 10 sort of role because there's not too many players in that position for town this year so far. Um, obviously, David Wagner said that they're probably going to bring a couple more players in. But no, he's he's one of those players who endears himself to fans because of the because of the effort he puts in, but also because he's just got a bit of class. He's just He's just a very good player to have on your team. And he's one of those players who I think will probably have quite a strong Premier League career because of what he offers all over the pitch. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Um, on the other wing, though, uh, big Colin Kwana, he looked to struggle a little bit. I mean, maybe it is just ring rust and sort of getting back to it, but his first touch was a little bit off. Um, his runs were a bit heavy. He he didn't really get himself into the positions he was getting into towards the end of last season. When he came on against Wednesday in the second leg and when he came on at Wembley, he was really good at getting himself into attacking positions and, mm-hmm. and looked like he'd really hit a stride in terms of confidence and fitness. And it almost seems as if over the course of the summer, the fact that he has to get back into it again, it's taken him a couple of steps back. He almost needs a running another running start to get back into the sort of level he was at previously. Definitely, I think yesterday uh, again, like we said earlier, it's a pre-season game, so it's all about getting fitness into the legs and that kind of stuff, like David Wagner likes to say. But yeah, he didn't. He didn't. To be honest, it, I'm struggling to think of anything he actually did yesterday. He was he was quite. He was just out of the game really on that side of the pitch. Um, so I think, like you said, he, he probably needs a few more games to build up and get the fitness into his legs. You know, he's, he's a big man. He, he might need a few games on the trot to sort of get his legs moving again. But as he said, last season, after a slowish start, so he obviously scored against uh, Rochdale in the cup, but after a slowish start, he then started building in. He, he got a few goals, his confidence was up, and by the time we hit the, the playoffs, he was exceptional. So hopefully he can he can do most of the groundwork in the pre-season. Hopefully Austria helps him out with that. Uh, and then he can hit the ground running this season and you know, and, and produce some moments like he did last year, which really helped Town eventually reach their goal. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it, like we said before, with with Malone and with um, Cavari, we're not writing anyone off off the back of a pre-season game. It's just, you know, 
maybe these are, are going to give clues as to how they'll start the season. I mean, mm-hmm. we've no idea how they'll end the year. I mean, we've seen it so many times with players have have had one thing said about them and then proven us wrong completely. Yeah. Um, that there's no real use in in trying to predict the future because you can't. Um, but one thing that we have got sort of more clarity over and this is away from the field and it's something you touched on before is Naki Wells appears to be on his way out of the club, which in a sentimental way is a shame that sort of the, the promotion team aren't going to, you know, be stuck together as much as they were previously with Ward's already gone back to Liverpool and we weren't able to get him back. Brown, as we say, has gone to Brighton. Um, but, you know, Wells was almost an ever-present. He worked his socks off every week. Town wouldn't be where they are without him. In fact, in, mm-hmm. in seasons gone by, they might be even worse off without him. Yeah. Um. You know, previous record signing, fantastic years worth of service, but it seems as if they've they've hit a juncture as far as his his contract is concerned and his position within the team is concerned, and it seems as if that you know Town has. Town said they're they're willing to listen to offers for him, which essentially means that if somebody is is ready to meet his asking price and Wells is is ready to accept them, then he will be allowed to go. Yeah, I think it's as I said, it's a bit of a shame. In a way, he's a victim of the club's success, the, the success that he helped to bring the club, because obviously the the injection of cash they've bought two strikers and they've got Elias Kachunga as well, who can play up front. So. It's it's a shame because he's the service that he's given to the club. I mean, l- last season, you know, wasn't his best season, but it was a new sort of style of football that they were playing. If you go previous to that, you know, he he kept them in the championship. I'd say he kept Town up um, the season before. I think without him, they would have really struggled. So I think it might it might now be the time for him to move on. But it is a shame, and I I do wish him the best if he does move on. Um, and I hope, you know, he's, he's spoken about his dream to play in the Premier League. You know, I, I hope he does move to a Premier League club and he, he can fulfil that ambition. That seems to be a sticking point, though, because he, he does want Premier League football and having been promoted, he deserves it. Um, it. It almost seems as if the way this could play out is that he's allowed to leave on a free once the season ends and, you know, find a new club then having fought for his position and tried to prove himself. But... I don't think he wants to take a step back down to the championship, whereas, you know, Town don't want to perhaps agree to the terms he wants in his contract. I mean, that's, you know, pure speculation. We're not privy to negotiation details as yet. We're just sort of reading between the lines of what he said and what the club have always said. So, um it's, I mean, as I say, it's just a sentimentally, it's a, a sad situation that one of you know people that will be written in history in town history will will be moving on. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one thing to say, sort of, the other way though is is that town. This has happened to town before, but it's always happened the opposite sort of way that a player gets, in a way, not too big, but he gets too valuable for the club to hold on to. Now it's it's the other way around. It's the club can pick and choose their players, which. You know, it might be a sad story for Naki Wells, but in the term, in terms of the club, you know, he will never be forgotten by the fans for what he's given the club. But you know, there, there comes that point where it makes sense for for a player to move on. And you know, just reading the quotes that that Wagner said, you know, he, he said there if there is serious interest in him, in him. So 
I think that proves that the club, you know, are willing to sell, but they're only willing to sell at the right, pl- right price. Um, and I think they can kind of dictate that price, even though he's only got a year left on his contract. Um, he's kind of, it's one of those players that if they don't sell, I don't think the club will be too bothered about either. Um, yeah. Because he's one of those players who can come on and make an impact. He's, he's a goal scorer. And in the championship, especially a goal scorer like Nike Wells is gold dust. Um, yeah. Whether he cuts it in the Premier League, it, it, that's where he'll want to go, the Premier League. But, you know, that's, that then becomes up to him whether he wants to do that at town or, or elsewhere. Yeah, we've got a, um, a few listener questions to help us wrap up. Um, and listener questions, as I said last time, it's something that we want to do as much of as possible. We've got an email address, we've got a Twitter account, you know, we've got the Huddersfield Examiner Town Facebook page if you want to send us a message on that. Um, there's so many ways of getting in touch with us. So any questions you do have, we'll, we'll give, do our best to answer as many of them as possible. Um, and the ones we've got in at the moment, I'll just read them in the order that they came in. The first came from Jace Dyson, who said, not one academy player in the lineup doesn't look good for any upcoming talent. Um, I think that's in terms of uh, the Udinese game. Um, what do you make of that? Because sort of the academy has been something that's been a backbone of town for a little while. Um, it might be a bit cheeky to mention Philip Billing as an academy player, given that we essentially took him from Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is a, a young man, and he is a player that you know wouldn't be as developed if it wasn't for town. So I think the, the club can take some credit for that. Um, but other than that, I mean, Schofield's the only one who's really been pushed up and, and looks to be in a position to play a part this season other than that sort of booty and the likes have been allowed to go out on loan or, or will be going out on loan it looks like yeah I think it we I don't think you can read too much into that like we said before it's a pre-season match David Wagner is looking to get fitness into the legs of his first team you know the the youth teams all have their own pre-seasons as well they're, you know they're doing tours and that kind of thing um I think what will be shown what 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 will make it clearer is who David Wagner chooses to pick in, say, the League Cup, if Town get a few rounds into that, whether, you know, Schofield comes in or or any of the other academy players. That'll that'll give us more of a an idea of what the academy is producing rather than pre-season, because like I said before, each each squad has their own pre-season. David Wagner's only concerned about getting fitness into his players' legs, and anyone else can do that in the under twenty threes, twenty ones and eighteens. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, um, there are precious few clubs as well in the Premier League who actually rely on their academy to that extent. Um, I mean, Tottenham are the most obvious example of of one that have in recent years, but that hasn't always been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, Manchester United obviously have, but that again, that's what pushing twenty years ago really until yeah. that was a, a real factory for for talent for them. So it's. It's just indicative of the way sort of the club is growing. I don't think that's what they want it to be. I think, you know, given the work Wagner has done with restructuring and helping the coaching change and making sure all the all the youth teams and all the age brackets are playing football in the manner that he wants them to and sort of mirroring the, the same desire and, and tactical, you know, identity and philosophy that mm-hmm. he has instilled in the first team shows that you know, if there is a player available to him from the youth team that can make the grade, he will do so. And he's not yeah. been shy about promoting people to train with the first team when he thinks they deserve to. 
So going forwards, I think it's something that he will look for. It just probably means that there are one or two players on the way that aren't quite the finished product yet. You mean you've got to remember he's only been at the club for what eighteen months at most. Yeah. So there's, it's not as if he he can affect players um, who are still developing that quickly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's 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 a slow process, isn't it? Producing players and and producing players in the way that David Wagner has to to change their the club the whole club's philosophy from that sort of traditional English style to something which is more or less completely new in this country. It's going to take, especially for a young player, it's going to take them time to to get to understand that philosophy, but also to sort of fill out and to become someone who can have an an impression in the men's game. Yeah. It may have been more of uh, an avenue of of sort of exploration had they remained in the championship another season. Mm -hmm. But given they've come up to the Premier League, there are so little margin for error and and especially for a new side, so small a margin for experimentation that you don't really want to be throwing a young player into the deep end to that extent at that level. Because, you know, if it doesn't go well straight away, you can dent their confidence to such an extent that they'll they might not recover from it. I'd also say as well, because they're in the Premier League, although Town, we've spoken about the sort of the family sort of club that Town town are, Mm. the money in the Premier League is is too much to sort of ignore. And if you put a youngster in, or if you put like three youngsters in in that team and give them regular football, it might bring on the club, but in in sort of the the grand scheme of things, it might damage the club because it might affect them. They might go down if, if one of them makes a mistake. Um, I'm not saying that that will happen, but there's just so much riding on this season. And we talk about it being a free season because no one expected town to be there. But I think David Wagner and Dean Hoyle have ambitions for this club. And I think, you know, they're, they're going to look at the likes of Bournemouth and try and establish themselves in the Premier League. And then I think once you've established yourself, then you can look at blooding in a few of the youngsters and, and bringing through more academy products. Yeah, I think that's that's about right. Um, our next question was actually in response to my tweet out to ask four questions. I said I enjoyed the Udinese friendly, and uh, Nick Barry Berry sorry tweeted back and said what was enjoyable. Um, I think that might be in reference to the scoreline and perhaps a bit of a, a reaction to how the second half was played. Um, but personally, I quite enjoyed seeing the new players. I, I like the fact that it was sort of. The people that were there were there because they wanted to see the new players and they wanted to mm. encourage the team. There was no real pressure on them. It didn't feel like a league fixture in the same way that you weren't worrying when Udinese scored. You know, there was polite applause whenever one of their players did something well or, you know, there was encouragement. It almost felt like a, this might sound poor, but it almost felt as if you were watching a kid's game and that there was no real ill feeling there. It was sort of yeah. a really nice atmosphere, really you know enjoyable day, nice time of the evening as well at six, so you still had time to do things afterwards. Sun was shining. I thought it was just sort of a, a nice way to ease ourselves back into the season without sort of the first game back being Newcastle. It was sort of yeah. intriguing to see scaffolding everywhere in the ground yeah. and to see everything that was going on. It was just a, a nice way to dip your toe back in, I thought. Yeah, definitely. It's just nice to be back at the ground, isn't it? I think the, the summer always, it seems to be longer and longer each year when, you, when you're missing the football season. Um, it's just, I, I found it really nice to be back at the ground. I thought playing Italian opposition for the first time in, was it 40, 44 years or something like that was was interesting as well. 
you know, Udinese are a club, let's not forget that a few years ago, they finished was it fourth or fifth in Serie A. You know, they're a club with decent history. And I think, obviously, the scoreline, you know, people are going to be slightly upset about. But, you know, David Wagner said it's to get it's to get sort of minutes in the players' legs. It's always good to see all the new signings, especially the new signings that Town have and, and seeing their quality on the pitch. Um, you know, I, I thought it was... The, the second half, don't get me wrong, was was a pretty dull game to watch. But the first yeah. half, I thought was really exciting, and and, and yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed there, I enjoyed being there, I enjoyed watching the game, and I enjoyed watching all these new players in action. Yeah, um, our last question comes from Peter Armstrong, who said, uh, "Why is Jason Davidson still on our books?" Uh, I think probably the the, the most truthful answer to that is that no one's asked to buy him. Or to loan yeah. him out. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a, a squad number at the club. I think the club are trying to sort of to shift him, whether it be on loan again or or uh, on a permanent deal. But Dean Oyl's taking an advert out on eBay, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, Gumtree. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think you're right. I think they're they are actively looking to sell. They don't need to explicitly say that. The fact that. He's not been given a number, and you know mm. nobody ever mentions him anymore. Is is about as you know clear a indication of that as you need. Um, where was he on loan last season? It was, was it Groningen? Groningen, yeah, yeah. He seemed to do all right there as well. So it's interesting that they've not come back in for him. Um, he come from West Brom as well, which isn't a sort of a poor place to have played your football or no. not played your football, but been on the books of. Yeah. Um. So maybe he'll get a move. It. How long's left on his contract? Is it another year or so? Uh, let me just double check for you, mate. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, but I don't think there's there's too much longer in there. Because it, um, it might be slightly earlier. I think the club will probably be reticent to just rip it up and pay him off because they can, you know, players still hold value, and you want to get some money back for your assets if you can. At worst, you know, there'll be clubs that need a left back that'll take him on loan, even if it means you know lower end of the championship or even League One. Um, or if anyone fancies him abroad again, or the A-League or what have you, they, they are probably shopping him around. It it just is a case of waiting for somebody to actually ask for him. Yeah, definitely. He's got a year left on his contract, finishes uh, 2018. So, you know, Town, if they're going to recoup any money from him, it'll be, it'll be this summer. So I, I imagine they'll be looking to, to sell him permanently. And and it, if not, you know, he's, he'll be on the books for another season. He'll go out on loan probably somewhere. Yeah, he's... um. He's sort of an unfortunate one because he just, I think people were quite hopeful that he'd do well because there were so many left backs on loan mm-hmm. and things, and he just didn't. It was a, it was a bit of a farce, really. He, he never really seemed to um, find his feet at the club. Uh, he never seemed to be of the right level that the club needed, and especially when Wagner came in, he just didn't look uh, able to sort of adapt to that style of high energy football. Yeah, and I think you know. It's a shame, but the upgrade that they got in in Chris Lerber was just was sensational. Significant, was, yeah. He was <laughs> even in Tariq Holmes Dennis, and to be quite honest, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Davidson went out on loan to it was Groningen last season as well, and uh, just looking at his, his stats from from last year, he played a few games for them, but you know, red card there, a few yellow cards, and Groningen were hardly the, the the biggest team in the in the Eredivisie or the best team in the Eredivisie last season, so. I don't know if he'll if they'll be interested in taking him again. Um 
But, you know, maybe maybe that sort of league, Eredivisie, or, or maybe the Belgian Europa League or something like that, that's probably the standard that he'll find himself at next season. I think that's about us done. If we keep it under an hour, obviously this is a this is probably the length we'll be going for forty minutes to an hour. Last last week, you can blame the length on the fact that Town signed so many players already this summer. Um, we won't be trying to attempt one minute for uh, one minute forty, one hour forty. I think people who complain if it's one minute forty long. I'm waiting um, for your forty minute monologue now. <laughs> well, we'll see. It'll be me discussing how I'm annoyed of not being invited to Austria. Um, if we do talk about Austria, though, um, obviously we'll be doing podcasts with you out there and we'll be mm-hmm. phoning you in from another country. Um, what are you looking forward to most out there? You sort of, you'll be given access to the club and um, you'll be speaking to people if possible. Uh, what else is there that, you, that you're sort of uh, looking forward to? Yeah, well, uh, the way it'll work, I'll just give fans a bit of a rundown of what, what's sort of going to happen when we're out there. Uh, the club are planning two training sessions, one in the one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Uh, and between there, there'll be sort of a press junket kind of thing where there'll be uh, the examiner and, and whoever else uh, there asking questions. And then after that, we'll be able to grab as many players as we want. So we're hoping to get as many player interviews and, and interviews with David Wagner as possible. Um, I'm also just looking forward to to watching the training sessions. To be perfectly honest, you know, seeing what how they're going to set up. Obviously, there'll be restrictions on what we can say because obviously you'll be working on tactics and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they shape up in the little training games that they do. It'll also be interesting to see them play Stuttgart and Torino. I think you know Torino are a team with, especially with with huge history. Um, I think they won won the Italian league something like seven times. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, you know, it's 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 strange. It's obviously Town went and did the same preseason or similar preseason in Austria last season, but just the difference that we're going to see in terms of this being a Premier League season compared to last season's Championship season, it's going to be, it's it's just going to be a, a really fascinating thing to to look at. Yeah, um, and then things going forward as well. Um, we need to mention that the Examiner Sport team are holding an event uh, at Canal Side on Tuesday, the 8th of August, from 7:30 p.m. till 9 p.m. Uh, it's a chance to just come along and speak to us, ask us about the season, celebrate what happened last year. Um, bit of a Q and A. There's going to be a couple of ex-players there, uh, Rob Edwards and uh, Kieran O'Regan, I think. Um, sort of, you'll be on the the panel uh, mm. with. Mel uh, answering questions. Uh, there'll be Paul Ramsden there, who's a match day announcer, who'll be sort of comparing the evening. Um, and yeah, there's, if you look online and, and sort of look on our Facebook page and everything, there'll be all the links there to to what's happening. I think there's a giveaway of a, a signed shirt and a couple of VIP tickets and whatnot up for grabs for people who attend. So it's just a, a chance, uh, much like the podcast is, for, for listeners and for people who interact with our coverage to to come down and, and meet the lads who, who run the, the sport pages, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, trying to open up a bit of a bit of dialogue and just have a discussion about Huddersfield Town as well and and what we expect this season, anything you want to know um, that we haven't covered in the podcast or in any of our coverage. Yeah, just pop down and ask us and we'll be more than happy to, to answer your questions. Perfect. Uh, I'm happy with that to be our show for today. We'll be back on Monday. Um, you'll be in Austria by then. Uh, yep. So we'll, we'll speak to you then. Um, and yeah, follow us on Twitter at OTBA Pod. Um, we've got Facebook with our examiner account. 
um, iTunes. If you subscribe on iTunes and if you leave us a comment and a rating on iTunes, apparently that's good. Uh, apparently, for some reason, their algorithm makes us, you know, makes it look like we're better. Um, and if you want to do that and be nice to us, then uh, we'll happily accept. Um, but yeah, we've got audio boom and website and everything. We're really pleased with the the feedback and uh, everyone that listened to the first episode. So if we can keep that going forwards, then uh, me and Rory won't feel like we're wasting our time talking to each other. Because I, I don't really like him other than the fact that we have to <laughs> work together. <laughs> I always feel like that, mate, whenever we have a conversation. Yeah. All right, perfect. Um, I'll speak to you on Monday then, mate. Yep, speak to you then. Ik wilde alle, alle nieuwste telefoon, niet omdat het moet. Nu bij Tele2, de Huawei P20, omdat het kan, voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.